Welcome to show 33 of the Cloth Labor Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Elspeth Calgan from Practically Zero Waste Podcast, and we are talking about the whys around zero waste, low waste, what is this movement, and how does it relate back to cloth diapering? The Cloth Diaper Podcast is a somewhat regular show dedicated to everything cloth diapering. We bring you stories from cloth diaper parents, brands, retailers from here and around the world. The Cloth Diaper Podcast is now a year old. Can you believe it? I started last July. I Well, I actually, I bought my domain and there was a whole process throughout the year. It took a while to ramp up and get here. And then July 14th, 2018, I released my first show, which remains one of my most popular shows, despite the fact that it's probably one of my worst shows. But over the year, we have had a ton of great brands and retailers and parents on the show telling their stories, their experiences, uh, and connecting with you both here, wherever you're listening, as well as online, whether you interact with the podcast on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or wherever else, I really wish that I had gotten my act together and planned a big one-year hoopty-ha, but I didn't. If this is your first time listening, my name is Bailey. I am the host of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. I was previously a cloth diaper blogger at simplymombailey.com, and I have two children. I have a four-year-old and a two-and-a-somewhat-year-old. She, Both kids have now potty trained, which that's crazy, hey? And we are now venturing into the world of cloth diapers as just a mom who once used a cloth diaper. I'm really excited for this transition as much as it also seems kind of weird. I hope that I can continue to bring you thought leaders and knowledge experts and brand stories over the coming year. We did amazing last year. I almost hit 10,000 downloads here on the Cloth Diaper Podcast, which blows my mind. My average show, there's like two to three to four hundred of you guys listening, which that is just incredible to me. And I am so grateful for everything that you've done um, and been. I'm just, I'm sorry that I kind of dropped the ball on planning a celebration. We have decided between my foot surgery, we've also decided we're going to move and summertime and it's all these things kind of rolling into one. And suddenly I'm like, oh, here we are. Um, maybe next year we can plan something or maybe we'll plan something for my actual birthday. If you're a brand and you're listening and you'd love to partner with me on a giveaway, give me a shout. Um, yeah, we can try to see what we can make happen. If you're not already following me on Instagram or Facebook, I do have some great giveaways coming down the pipe with some of our shows from earlier this year. Some of the brands who I've already been talking with and engaged with. At last, we should probably start talking about today's show. So today's show is something a little bit different. We normally talk about cloth diapering here on the podcast, but I thought that maybe we could venture out of that category and start talking about some of the other popular questions that we see in cloth diaper groups. So you'll see that I marked this NCDR, not cloth diaper related. And this terminology is pretty common lingo in Facebook groups. And while 
I'm going to classify this podcast as NCDR. It's not super not cloth diaper related. We're talking about the low waste or the zero waste movement, maybe why and how it pertains to you, how it pertains to the cloth diapering. Um, because a lot of parents start cloth diapering and then they realize that there's a lot of other things they can do. So I thought this kind of sagged into it, kind of didn't. If you hate this off topic kind of conversation, give me a shout. Don't worry. I have plans to bring us back to cloth diapering to continue cloth diaper only content here on the show. I just thought this might be fun and different and something to talk about besides cloth diapering next week or whenever I get around to editing the episode. I'm sorry that I'm at every three weeks right now. I do plan on talking with Mira from thegreenmom.net and we're going to talk about some of those actual tangible things that you can do past cloth diapering because a lot of people ask, well, what else can I do to save money, to save waste, to reduce my waste, to reduce my impact on the earth. So I'm super excited to have Elspeth join us. Her podcast is about the same year old as I am. She's 41 episodes, but she's also, I think she just celebrated a year as well. And we recorded this episode back in May when I was on my foot surgery recovery. Uh, So here you go. Let's take a listen. Okay, Practically Zero Waste is a podcast for making zero waste living as practical as possible. That's my intro that I literally say every single time. But the whole point of it was just a way for me to share all of this energy that I had towards reducing single-use plastic and saving the environment. Um, And I know that's a really vague term, but really it was focusing on reducing single-use um, reducing household waste, reducing personal carbon emissions by not um, using so much electricity, not using so much water, not using so much energy and fossil fuels. And then uh, that was just kind of what we were doing, my husband and I in my life. And then it was like, you should make a podcast. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's kind of how it goes, right? And it's not that hard and scary. Well, so where did, where did this... Um ethos originate from like did it start somewhere else in your life have you always been like this uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> background what's your what's your background so I um, am an art history major um, but I was just kind of raised with an eco-friendly mindset we grew up in the country and we're always composting and uh, we would reuse things it was a really frugal lifestyle and that's something that is maybe frowned upon or maybe given a bit of a like a well you're frugal that means that you're poor but no it's a very conservative way of living and it's so lovely now that I think about my childhood it was just so great just playing in the woods and (laughs) Mm -hmm. saving saving all the things for reuse um and so that's kind of where that started and then from there I think it was in university that I bought my first um, menstrual cup and uh, it was because I was bringing out the garbage one day after, you know, the end of my period and was like, holy heck, like three of us roommates all menstruating at the same time. What the heck is going on with so much garbage in our lives? So I was like, there has to be something else I could use. And I'd never heard of cloth pads. I had never heard of menstrual cups, but I was like, let's do it. And it took a couple months to get used to it and then I was hooked so uh that was kind of the start in my adult life of uh, gateway drug 
<laughs> You're a mom now, hey? Yeah. Do you cl- did you cloth diaper your child? From the beginning. From the beginning. And what did your cloth diaper journey look like? It was good. We had newborn size diapers, which I didn't buy until just before he was born because I was like, am I really going to need them? Am I going to be able to handle it? And I was like, there's no reason not to just start with cloth mm-hmm. and have disposables on hand. And the cloth were just so straightforward. They were just little Velcro one piece things that I would throw the whole thing in the wash. And I did have these little, um, they look like bounce sheets, but they were just little tear off liners that I could put inside. And that was really helpful at the beginning because everything's crazy sticky at the start. And so, (laughs) yeah, we just did cloth from the beginning and we haven't bought disposables ever. He's six months old on Tuesday and he, yeah. Okay, well, you're not done your journey then. There's still room for hiccups. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. But we did do one trip to Manitoba for um, from Ontario for a weekend and um, uh, stayed at a friend's house. So luckily, we had access to a washing machine and dryer. But we did cloth when we were there, and that was great. Yes, yeah. I'm a baby cloth diaper, as in. <laughs> well, I was trying to gauge where you're at. I didn't know how old your uh, your child was, but yeah. So six months. Um, I was thinking, like, I try my best, but sometimes there's hiccups. There's always a hiccup in my life. I feel, and I I find myself back at disposables occasionally. Um, totally, yeah. Because I mean, so- the motherhood is a little bit crazy. For many parents, we find that cloth diapering is their gateway to realizing that laundry is not scary and that there's a lot of other ways to save money and reduce their waste. Um, So why do you think we should be looking into this zero waste movement that's really kind of picking up right now? I would say at least on social and I'm not really, I'm not really seeing it in real life yet, I have to admit, but maybe that's because I live in rural Northern British Columbia, which is not the most liberal of places. Um, but why do you think this movement is picking up and why is it really important, um, for us to look at and think about? Uh, well, zero waste is totally like a trendy thing to be talking about. Oh, yeah. right now. Um, it's kind of a buzzword because zero seems really super unattainable and you know, it is like there, yeah. <laughs> but that's not the point. And I know that, um, people get confused with things like minimalism too. So when you think of minimalists, you think you're not allowed to own anything. Or when you think of zero waste, you're not allowed to produce any garbage. These things are extreme understandings of what these movements actually are. Mm -hmm. But in reality, zero waste is the goal, but not necessarily the outcome on a daily basis. And so you're constantly making tiny efforts or large efforts towards reducing your carbon emissions, reducing your impact on the planet, and to just be really, really mindful. There's another buzzword. Oh, yeah. Really mindful of what, the, what you're producing on a regular basis. Do you think, like, the concept of zero waste, which is and feels super unattainable, helps make it kind of like this buzz issue right now you're like because it's such a big turnoff and everybody's like i can't do that so i'm not even gonna try oh uh, so you so you think it's maybe the opposite is that it becomes something that people don't want to try instead of something that becomes competition yeah yeah no mm. it, it's not easy to no. get people on board with it because it's not there's been other things that have started um 
like the low impact movement or the low waste movement. These are different ways of saying the same thing. Like we're all trying to reduce the amount of garbage that we're bringing into our lives and outputting, mm-hmm. but we're also just trying to use it in more user-friendly terms where it's not unattainable and scary. It's instead, you know, a low impact. I can have a low impact on the planet. I can reduce a little bit of waste every now and then, or here and there when I'm shopping, I don't need to buy my apples in a bag. I can buy them loose or whatever. Um, so yeah, you have to begin by just becoming aware and becoming mindful. And then from there you can slowly make changes. It's not a overnight kind of thing. No. And I like, if you jump into it overnight kind of thing, then I find anything that I've jumped in overnight, I have uh, given up pretty easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A serious thing with zero waste. And that's another reason, like, there was something on, um, there's a YouTube channel called The Financial Diet, and she talks all about how to be um, mindful with your money and your spending. But <laughs> one of the things that uh, she talked about recently was that zero waste is dumb, basically. And it, she was talking completely about the terms zero waste and how um, what instead you could be doing is you know, focusing on how to reduce your waste without it being so much of a turnoff with the title. And that's kind of where we see low waste beginning yeah. to slowly sneak into the conversations. Um, and then, and it's well, the why, one thing I had here was that uh, waste reduction is important and it's more than just recycling, correct? Because recycling is still a waste output viewed yeah. in waste movement. So we're talking about like complete reduction of all things, all yeah. sorts of waste, even like what we th- would say is good waste exactly so when you're bringing things into your home it's important i guess to think about what that thing will look like when you're done using it and so if it's um even if it's a plastic yogurt tub with a tin foil uh peel off top you are still going to have to recycle that um in the end sort of thing so but recycling is a band-aid and it's kind of like We've kind of hit the point where our band-aid isn't really fitting anymore. Exactly. And and it's a it's not a preventative measure. And so if you're taking preventative action as opposed to um just kind of cleaning up the pieces at the end, then you're able to make a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. I think I've been really struggling with that just because in my community, when it comes to sourcing and figuring out how to do things, um, there are a lot of limitations there. Um and so trying to buy less plastic or trying to buy less cardboard has been a huge challenge Um, just in the small townness of where I live. But I know where my parents live in the Vancouver area, like access to places. A totally different story and they can do things a lot differently. Yeah. And so it's doing what you can, where you are and, and making those little changes as you go. Right. If you are always buying things in, if you're if you're buying vegetables um, wrapped in plastic and there is a plastic-free alternative, making the switch to that would be your first step. If mm-hmm. you have um, a farmer's market in your area um, to try and approach them, if you only have access to plastic-wrapped vegetables in your grocery store, see if there's a local farmer's market um, because they're going to have package-free 
or well, it's not always, but you yes, can be that's a good point. Um, but it's easier to negotiate uh, less packaging yeah. when you're talking to somebody as opposed to going through the cashier at the grocery store and saying, can you take this packaging back? Because I don't need it. Yeah. And so why are these little changes important? I guess a lot of us see it for like, there's the simple things which become money things like getting rid of paper towel is a huge money saving at the end of the year, but other things that aren't money saving, why should somebody even consider doing it? That's hard. Money saving is a really good motivator. If the planet dying isn't enough of a motivator for people and for a lot of people it isn't because it's not something that's right in front of your face you can't Um, see it you can't see it right like oh the the planet's going to increase by 1.5 degrees in the next uh well i guess a lot of us are beginning to feel it but it's a lot of like here in northern bc i think we've really felt it we've really seen uh colder winters than ever and the wildfire season now three or four years in a row has really started to clue people yeah. in, but it's still something that feels out of our control. And it also uh, feels disconnected. Like it oh, doesn't yeah. feel like all these wildfires, wildfires, um, floods, monsoons, uh, hurricanes. Like hurricanes, all of these different changes in climate um, don't feel connected to me throwing out a bunch of garbage or driving my car and idling it a lot. Oh yeah. What does one person, like my one impact, right? You can't. What's my one drop in the bucket. But if that's what 8 billion people on the planet are saying, what's my one drop in the bucket, then it's, it's adding up. But because it's not right in front of us, it's hard to tell. Mm -hmm. And so that's something about the zero waste movement and the low impact movement and the low waste movement. It's all about, what is in your control? These things are within my domain. These things are within my ability to manipulate. I can control what I'm consuming. I can control how much fossil fuels I'm consuming because of um, saving electricity or driving less or um, not taking as many flights or all of those things, but also right in front of me, what am I buying at the grocery store? what am I buying at Walmart or anything Mm -hmm. like that? Like if you're able to reduce what you're bringing into your home and reuse things as much as possible to extend their lifestyle or their lifespan and then, and then recycling things at the end of their life, then that is better than skipping reduce, reduce, recycle, just skipping right to recycling. That's missing the point of this whole mantra. Yeah, but we've definitely had that whole mantra drilled into ourselves for the last 20 years in the school system. Yeah, but how do people um, often look at it? Like, do people often think, oh, reduce, reuse, recycle. Before I even get to recycling, am I going to reduce the amount that I'm consuming? I'm going to buy less things in packaging. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have a yogurt tub after I've finished eating my yogurt. How many different things can I use this for? Can I use it as Tupperware for bringing my lunch to school? Can I use it as a pot, um, a pot for planting my own garden? Can I use it for scooping, I don't know, bird seed into my bird seed holder? Like yeah. <laughs> trying to think of what can I use this for to extend its lifetime as much as possible? And when it's completely unusable, then I can recycle it. 
I think a lot of my last 25 years, no, not 25, my last couple decades on this planet, I've really missed the reuse. That's been something I am just exploring right now. It wasn't something we often did growing up. Um, So it's kind of an interesting thing to re-explore and learn all these things that you can reuse. Um, And it's funny uh, different ways people were raised. Yeah, just becoming aware that I can reuse something and we talk about that in cloth diapering to bring it back to the purpose of my show here is um reusing cotton textiles is a great way that people can cloth diaper and reusing one of the reasons i'm an adamant prefold user is that i just love that i can use my prefolds now in my kitchen and they do a way better job than kitchen towels everything you can just oh man Oh yeah, like I was at, I've been at friends' houses or friends' parents' houses and they'll be like, oh yeah, these are, they'll be like, go into their kitchen drawer and pull out their cloth diapers. They're like, oh yeah, these were the cloth diapers we used 20 years ago and now I just use them in my kitchen. Which I love. So somebody gave me cloth diapers and that's how we acquired our stash. Um, I've got maybe 30 um, one size fits all sort of cloth things. they're all the modern kind. And you've been talking a lot lately on your Instagram about, and in your posts about um, the flats challenge, a hand, but also just having flats. And um, what do you do? So you have like a cotton prefold and then like rubber pants or something, not rubber pants, like a plastic Yeah, you use a modern PUL cover. And then at least at the end of that, your modern PUL cover is all that the waste is. Exactly. So right now, these all-in-ones that someone totally generously gave me, I will use them as much as possible. Um, but they're not, they're not as multifunctional, I guess, as, um, as what you have, the cover and the flats. Yeah. Right? I like that. If I were to start it all again, I would do that for sure well these are things that you don't necessarily know or understand or even think about until you get to a certain point in your life yeah Bailey where were you six months ago when I was trying to like decide what kind of (laughs) well and I had a complete all-in-one stash once and there are like all-in-one stashes will work for a lot of families and it's something that right you should choose if it's the best stash for you but I think I ask a lot on this show, what is your why and defining why are you cloth diapering? And mm-hmm. mostly because I want to reach those people who are cloth diapering for environmental reasons and talk to them about how the style of their diaper can impact their total waste output at the end or um, when it comes to manufacturing and when it comes to the end cycle of that diaper. And these are things that don't get talked about because we are constantly concerned with convenience. Um, and that's a huge part about low waste and zero waste and cloth diapering and everything is that at the end of the day, right? Convenience beats everything, right? We are scared to do a lot of things because of convenience. I'm scared to make my own yogurt because to go to Costco, (laughs) Um, right? Like such uh, that convenience. And I guess this is one of my questions I have for you is like, how do you balance this the overwhelming feeling of low waste in a convenience culture like so much of this becomes my responsibility as the female in the household um i know okay so i read this one article recently that was um on vox it was the complicated gender politics of going zero waste oh yeah i don't know if i've read it but i've seen that headline 
read it end to end, beginning to end. Yeah. And it's such, in my opinion, an unnecessary point. Like, okay, is everybody's issue. And why the heck are we trying to worry about, oh, it's women doing all the work? Honestly, yeah, it is. Like, the majority of um, the following of a zero waste movement is um, women who are able to take a little bit more time and uh, do it. They're usually mothers. They usually have um, their children uh, in mind when they're thinking of the future of the planet. Um, and they're also doing the lion's share of childcare and shopping for the household. So if all of these things are within your control and a zero waste lifestyle even remotely appeals to you, then you're you're going to explore that and you're going to try and buy toilet paper in a cardboard box instead of in plastic because you're the one doing the shopping and it's your one time out during the week that you don't have a child on your hip. So like might as well take my time and explore the different options sort of thing. Do you think uh, though that men still get left out of the equation in this conversation? Like my husband has been responsible for the last two weeks while I've been on bed rest, but he doesn't ever consider bringing any of my bags or shopping differently like I do at the store because these are just things that aren't important to him. So are they being left out or? It's not part of his routine. It's not part of something he even considers. He's like, well, it's just one shop, Bailey. And so like, I do feel like a lot of it is if I want to go to the store and I want to use less plastic bags, I have to be the one to do it because my husband won't willingly go do that. He could do all the grocery shopping. This is not a bash our husbands because they're so <laughs> friggin' wonderful. That's true. I I just like it's such a hard thing for me to get him to think differently. And I And I don't know why that is. There was in this article it said, um, women often carry a purse. Or in my case, I have a backpack for all of our um diaper, like their diaper bag. And so if I'm going out to a festival or if I'm going out for supper or something and I think maybe I'm going to have leftovers then I'm going to bring a container to bring my leftovers home in I guess it's a lot easier hey so because I already have a bag that is always coming with me then that's fine but if my husband were to go out to supper with some friends and was he wouldn't uh, think to bring a bag because it's not a wallet kind of human being so he doesn't have a purse (laughs) or a backpack Um, so, but if he had a container in the car, maybe he'd consider it sort of thing. I don't know, um, how to encourage anybody to make those changes in their lives, um, consistently other than, Hey, everybody, it's consistent, small changes to your daily habits. And it, like you said, you have to have a why, like you have to have a reason that's driving you. Cause if you don't have a reason to do it, then it's not even going to enter your consciousness. You're not going to be thinking about it on a regular basis even for men to want to be involved. And that's not necessarily a stereotype um, in a negative way. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. a totally valid reason, but men are often more concerned in a household about money spending. And if by doing cloth diapers, I can save um, our household $1,600 a year on um by not buying disposable diapers every week and disposable wipes, which get used for everything beyond cloth diapers. People use them for everything. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, but if you were using a cloth, think of the money that you could save. 
You're Canadian as well. I'm also Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. So her $1,600 number, it is a little bit high, but it's also a Canadian number. So life here in Canada is just very expensive. Before I get a dozen emails telling me that disposable diapers are really cheap. They're not in really cheap in the States. There are a lot. I mean, here in Canada, we are paying on average like 25 cents a disposable. In the United States, they pay 10 to 15 cents a disposable. But still, think of the money you could save. That's true. <laughs> think of the money you could save. Exactly. Regardless of how much it is, you could still benefit from putting that money towards something else. I always like to think about, which I think this is really hard and tangible, not easily tangible for people to put their fingers on. But one of my favorite things about the low waste movement is how it supports and drives local economies. Okay, yeah. Um, and you can't really see that. And it can't, it's not really big why people have things, but. Um, if you reach out and you look around, like there are lots of amazing people doing amazing things in your community yeah. that you can like give jobs to and support and put their kids through soccer practice, right? Like yeah, exactly, yeah. But the I think one of the reasons is, is that it's easy. It is easier to approach a locally owned restaurant or a locally owned grocery store and ask for something package free than mm -hmm. it is to say, oh, I'm in Loblaws Superstore and um, I would like my meat in a container gear from the deli. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, okay. low waste okay. group, they were like, how can we approach Costco? And I was just like, how about you just go to the farmer's market? Um, <laughs> you know, and I want to also change Costco. I want to change um, president's choice. I want to reach those levels eventually, but why not put my energy towards something that I get to see some real results really soon just to like, encourage my <laughs> stamina and keep going i think we're gonna i think we're gonna see some changes here soon i'm really optimistic walmart canada oh, really okay yeah see i know like plastics right now are really the evil right now like we're seeing recycling programs axed and so i really do think that we're gonna see some changes with plastic consumption yeah i'm hopeful yeah I don't know. I also am hopeful. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes my background is in, I have a bachelor's of arts in environmental studies from uh, the local university. And so I have like six years of the world is going to die drilled into me. And sometimes <laughs> my hope is not there, but I'm trying <laughs> to be optimistic. Yeah. So if people wanted to find out more about the zero waste movement or the low waste movement, where can they find out? What is your show? How can they connect with you? If anybody wants to start from scratch and just enter into this uh, zero waste mindset, um, my podcast called Practically Zero Waste is, like I said, all about making it as practical, practical as possible. And so the very first episode is actually about mindfulness and becoming aware. And it teaches you how to do a trash audit where you look at what is in your garbage bin, your recycling bin, um, your compost bin, and slowly you can pick away at things and realize what you're consuming what you're throwing out and find alternatives for that oh, um, so i'm gonna have to check that one out i've only listened yeah. to like the last recent most recent ones oh yeah so very first one is just trying to invite people into that and then from there it's all different topics all about the many many avenues of uh um practicing a zero waste lifestyle um, so you can find that on um, iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Castbox, like pretty you much put it everywhere. Yeah, pretty much any platform that you can find um, podcasts on. Type in "practically zero waste" or Elspeth Callahan, and uh, you'll be able to find it there. Um, we love 
having reviews and ratings. Um, but you can also <laughs> find me on Instagram. That's my main platform is um, at Practically Zero Waste Pod, P-O-D. And uh, Elizabeth Callahan is also on um, Instagram. And we're also on Facebook. Awesome. And you <laughs> everywhere. Find you everywhere. There's no excuses. Yeah. Uh, people always ask where you can find this podcast. So I don't just Just look for it. It's everywhere you listen to a show. Awesome. You can find all of those links to Elspeth's show at theclothtepperpodcast.com slash show33 backwards slash. As always, show notes can always be found at the Cloth Paper Podcast, as well as lots of great other information. One of our latest projects at theclothtaperpodcast.com is guest posts. So not everybody loves to come and talk to me here over a microphone in my bedroom about cloth diapering, and sometimes it's not the best way to share that information or share that experience. So theclothtaperpodcast.com is now accepting written guest posts for you to share your cloth diaper experience. I want this to be an opportunity to share what worked for you, what didn't work for you, um, as a way to showcase the many different ways to cloth diaper. As a cloth diaper blogger, I have shared my experience about cloth diapering time and time again. And there's one thing that I've started to notice on the web, and that is the written cloth diaper experience, even the YouTube cloth diaper experience, it's beginning to look the same over and over and over again. Um, But I know from conversations with you on Instagram, conversations with you on Facebook, that the cloth diaper experience is really unique and really different. And what works for one family doesn't always work for other families. And there's a lot of families who cloth diaper in ways that are outside of the norm. Um, Think me, my white family living in a house with a washing machine and dryer and regular water. There's lots of different unique situations and I would like to work on trying to provide ways that we can share those stories and share that information that people want and are looking for. I really believe that cloth diapering is not this way or that way, but unique experiences. And so If you have a story you want to share and you would love to do it here on the air, shoot me a message, bailey at clothdiaperpodcast.com. Or if you just want to write it out, go look at that information. It's clothdiaperpodcast.com slash contribute. Or again, you can just send me an email, a DM, and I will get you those links. I am looking for guests for my fall show. I'm particularly probably starting to look for brands to start sharing more stories. So if you know a brand and you would love to get them on the air, send me a message and I will try to connect with them. I It's going to be a crazy summer. I don't know about you guys, but I am just in the thick of summer and it just feels like chaos because my kids don't have preschool right now. The sun is shining. It's gorgeous. There's all these other things to do. And so I am feeling a little bit slow, a little bit behind, and I got a lot of things to do. But don't worry, I'm trying my best. I am showing up. I answer my emails once a week and we'll get it there. Um, I hope you enjoyed this show. If you really hated this show and you don't ever want any any more non-cloth diaper related content, let me know. If you like this show, also let me know. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening if you've made it this far to the end of the show. And Cloth Diaper Podcast can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and everywhere else. I think it's time to go because my toddler just barged into the room. Bye. <laughs>